You are listening to Did You Hear? 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 The Johnson County Library Podcast. We are coming to you from the Central Resource Library in Overland Park, Kansas. This is your Library Insider. In this episode of Did You Hear? Our librarians, Scott and Brian, talk with Melissa and Dave about the questions we receive most often from our patrons. When Google stumps you, we're here to help you search for those tricky answers. Also, cookies. But first, it's your weekly word. Gruntled, pleased, satisfied, and contented. Hello, and welcome to Did You Hear? the podcast of the Johnson County Library. I'm Melissa Horak-Hearn, a civic engagement librarian at the Central Resource Library, and I'm here with two of my colleagues to talk about how we answer your questions. Guys, how about we introduce ourselves, say what we do here at the library, and what our favorite cookie is. Well, I'll go first, Scott. Please. Uh, this is Brian Vole. I am the local arts librarian here with the John- here at the Johnson County Library. Um, my favorite cookie has got to be, um, uh, you know, I'm going to have to go with peanut butter. Mm. Uh, off the top of my head, that's Solid. the best I can do. Classic choice. Give me a mm. good peanut butter cookie. And I'm a happy man. Mm-hmm. Right on. Cool. What about you, homie? <laughs> uh, my name's Scott. Uh, I'm a Taurus information specialist at the Central Resource Library. Uh, it's a toss-up between chocolate chip and snickerdoodle, man. I can get down on a snickerdoodle, fresh out of the oven, doughy in the middle, but a little crunchy <laughs> around the edges. Good to know in yeah. case I need any favors from you guys in the future. Yeah, okay. yeah. But you know what we're really here to talk about, not cookies. Oh is how we answer questions from our patrons here at Johnson County Library. Cool. And by the way, I'm here too. Oh, <laughs> hi Dave. <laughs> I didn't realize that you were truly here here. Yeah, I'm playing your ho- co-host today. Oh, all right. And making sure that the, the levels of all the microphones are A-OK. They're a little wonky today. Yeah. But you're not. Why and, don't and, you introduce the, yourself yeah. to the people? Uh, Dave Carson. Uh, the co-host of the show, along with Melissa, and uh, I'll go ahead and tell you my favorite cookie, and then I'll shut up. I would love to hear your favorite cookie. Uh, you can't beat a white chocolate macadamia nut cookie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good stuff. All mm-hmm. very solid choices. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's your favorite cookie? Aha! Tables have turned. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem is that my favorite cookie doesn't exist anymore, and I've not been able to replicate it. So if there are any food scientists out there who ate at um, the ice cream spot in Westport Murray's Ice Cream, they used to have these ginger cookies that were not molasses cookies. They were Mm. ginger cookies, but they were soft instead of crispy. And they were large with, like, very lightly sweetened brown sugar frosting oh everybody delicious. in the room is in the palm of my hand right now <laughs> yeah. describing that cookie i haven't had breakfast yet <laughs> r.i.p murray's r.i.p but again we're here to discuss how we answer questions or are we here no. to talk about cookies <laughs> well <laughs> we got straight from the central resource library we have our friends at the upper crust pie shop i don't oh, know if you've been there oh my goodness they have a um mm. brown 
sugar-frosted banana cookie. What? That's pretty amazing. Mm. So what time do they open? Because we might need to take the podcast on the road. Yeah. This is not today's topic. This is not today's topic at all, but this is some pretty compelling podcasting right here. Brainstorming. Now, questions about cookies. Uh, uh We definitely... Nice could get questions about cookies. We certainly that could. That falls under the umbrella of mm. questions that we answer. So if we were to get a question about cookies, mm-hmm. where do you buy cookies? How do you mm-hmm. make cookies? Mm-hmm. Um, we handle that. We do that. How would you handle that? Like, What kind of resources would you take a look at? Well, it depends on what uh, the exact nature of the question. So somebody wants to say bake cookies. We've got plenty of books Mm -hmm. on baking and cookies and all different kinds of cookie related topics Mm -hmm. (laughs) your mind could go wild on that one Uh, you know also if the question is well where what local establishments sell the best cookies Mm -hmm. so that is something that we could answer as well. That would probably entail doing a, a Google search on cookies, bakeries in Johnson County, Kansas City area, you know, that kind of thing. But that that's in our wheelhouse. And you know, you bring up a good point with the checking out Google for information, particularly yeah. when it comes to things that are a matter of taste or that are judgment calls. Because I know that we don't want to put our personal stamp or bias on any of the information that we provide to our patrons. Mm -hmm. So it's important that if they, if somebody calls and says, you know, what's the closest great cookie to Corinth Library? We would be able to look that up and kind of take ourselves out of the equation to find the information for the patron. Mm -hmm. Do you find that to be true, Scott? I do. I think it's easier not to endorse anything. I think we're not even necessarily translators. I used to think that way, that the Dewey Decimal System is like, what is this? 600, but it's a biography, blah, 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 you know. So I used to think that I was just sort of translating the library for people. And now I tend to think that... Um, a lot of people are very self-sufficient and have a pretty good idea of what they're looking for. And if they get hung up on something, we're just there to sort of not even help them as much as just be as encouragement, especially when they come into the library. It's like, well, I've been looking for this bakery, and it used to be called Penny Annie's Bakery, but I don't. It was there when I was a kid, and blah blah blah. I'm like, well, let's try this, and then there's. We can try different resources at the county, or maybe, you know, there's phone books that we have here that we can reference. So it, it kind of can take a circuitous route. And those questions, and we have gotten mm-hmm. questions like that before. Like, there sure was a have. business 20 years ago mm-hmm. on such and such a street, mm-hmm. and I want to find out more about that business, like mm-hmm. what happened to it, mm-hmm. something along that line. And so that entails using our regional reference collection, our local history section, and you know the what information we are able to find with that depends on the, the um, uh, what we call a reference interview. So trying to get as much information from the the person seeking the information as possible so we can get the best idea of how to tackle that question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've gotten questions like that before. Mm-hmm. 
through. Yeah, I find that we tend to work together on that. Um, another little tidbit about Johnson County Library is that our adult services are oriented around the kinds of information that we sort of specialize in. Mm -hmm. So, like, I introduced myself as the civic engagement librarian, and Brian is the local arts librarian. Mm -hmm. We are specialists in those particular areas to provide information to our coworkers just like we do to our patrons. And that way, everybody doesn't need to know the answer to finding an answer. Yeah. Mm. They just need to know the person right. who knows a lot about it. Mm -hmm. And I know that we work, you mentioned regional reference and local history in particular, and that's a colleague of ours. She specializes, specializes in local history and ensuring that we have the resources that we need to find that answer to find out what bakery that was 20 years ago. <laughs> and it's surprisingly, like once you know who has the information and how to access it, which is mm -hmm. what we specialize in, it's super easy to find weird answers like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's not always about, it's rarely about like us having the answer right. to a question. It's right. about knowing how to find an answer. And, and uh, that can be a journey yes. uh, from uh, getting that question to brainstorming to connecting with our colleagues who are experts who may know more about a particular subject than mm -hmm. I do mm -hmm. and going from there. And those are always the questions that I relish. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like really digging deep into trying to figure something out and using our resources, not using the resources that are not only here in the library, but outside of the library as sure. well who in the community can best answer a particular question or, mm -hmm. or help someone get the information they need. Sure. So that's, I think, what we are the best at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd say that that's one of the best things about working at a library, period, is that when you call like one of our sister libraries somewhere else, you know that you're going to be talking to a person who has that same kind of need to find the information yeah. for the person as you. Tenacity. And so it's almost like you infect them with that <laughs> curiosity. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it yeah. can be kind of dangerous. Have you guys ever found that you have a question that you can't let go of? <laughs> mm. <sighs> That's a good can't answer. can't let go of. Um, uh, I don't, yeah. I, I'd, that I'd have to rack my brain on a question that I can't let go of. But I'll tell you. That uh, for me as a local arts librarian, um, uh, when we were th thinking about the most interesting questions that we've gotten uh, and and how we handled them, the, the the one that sprung to mind is when I was working with one of our local writers, um, and she she emailed me. Uh, that she's working on a new book, so she's doing research on her new book, mm. and the the question was, uh, she was looking for a book, TV, or movie where the murderer is recreating famous deaths from ancient history. Hmm. So I remember you I talking had no about clue. this. One. <laughs> I had no clue, but uh, that was where we have a network of of staff who who know a lot about fiction and uh, 
about characters and plot lines. And so I threw that question out to to the hive mind here at the <laughs> library and got really helpful responses. And so when I compiled the responses and sent them to that local author, she was ecstatic because it mentioned everything that she was looking for, a book, TVs, and movies that had if maybe not that exact query, um, something that was useful for her for writing her, her book. So that's just one instance where a local writer, a local artist, sought to connect with the library to help her write her book. Mm. So that was really um, a fun research question. Mm. That so encapsulates like why we exist, why mm. we're here, and why we love the work we do. Mm-hmm. What about you, Scott? Do you have any questions like that that just kind of like stayed with you and that you found really interesting or that were particularly helpful to the patron? Um, I th- <laughs> the Within the first couple of weeks that I started this job, um, it became well known around the office that I like baseball a lot. And um, coincidentally enough, somebody called our telephone reference line with like a really dense baseball question. Ooh, nice. What was it? I that's the problem is that it was so many years ago. It had something to do with like the number of pitchers at some point who had 2000 innings pitched and a certain number of strikeouts or something like that. And there were a couple other little different caveats and I can't remember them all, but um, it was like I all of a sudden started going back to the message board nerds that I knew, you know, years ago when I first started following baseball pretty closely. And I was like, does anybody have this information and blah, blah, blah. And um, it was just sort of fun because I think that's when I first felt like, oh, I think I can do this job. Because for a while I was kind of intimidated Mm -hmm. by, you know, moving up. We were talking one of the previous episodes about moving between departments and the different kinds of work. But, you know, the... um, the familiarity but also like I do want to know about this thing you know or when technology questions happen out on the desk it's like somebody's trying to format a picture or something and it's like I know there's a solution for this I know people do this I know if we just look and tweak it and click around and because that I don't know that much but I'm at least willing to be with somebody while they work on it so so you, you mentioned the desk, so there are a lot of different ways that your questions come in. Right. And we call, we have what we call answers. Mm-hmm. And so um, you might be on the desk fielding questions. Mm-hmm. And, and most of those desks are, are, they have signage that say questions. That's, <laughs> that's the place to ask your question. Right, right. Um, but also online mm-hmm. and then by phone. Those are the different ways. Do you find that providing answers for patrons through these different means all have kind of a flavor of their own? Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, <laughs> I prefer to help people in person. Mm. Now, I know that that's not always possible. Sure. Mm. Because for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. But when you can work with somebody in person and really get to the heart of what they're looking for, that's so much easier to do in person. Mm. But 
sometimes people can't come into the library, and so they they call us, and and we have telephone reference. So we every day we have we answer phone calls, and then uh, we used to have a chat. We used to get questions in the form of of chats, mm-hmm. and that I mean every every different. Thing that we do has its own challenges and benefits, um, and that doing reference answering questions by chat uh, had its own set of inherent challenges. But mm. um, we also real, have it was real time. It was real time, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you just as a side note um, something behind the scenes that that you may not realize is when if you are working on a chat you're also answering the phone. So sometimes you're talking on the phone and answering a question on the phone while doing a chat. Oh, sometimes you have such a long time ago. the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we, we used to do that. Yeah. And then email too, you may have been working on an email at the same time. Mm. Um, so um, you might get everything at one time. Mm. But so yeah, and email as well. We answer questions in a variety of, of ways, I think. Uh, when it comes to doing that reference interview, it always helps to have a person in person. Yeah, it seems yeah. like each would have its its pluses and minuses for sure. Because with with email, right? There's not that urgency. You can take your time to yeah. respond. But right. when you talk about that reference interview, those questions, you know, it. Could, that could really slow the process down if you're doing mm-hmm. that all by email, you know, yeah. when, waiting yeah. for a reply. And mm-hmm. You know, that's something that I kind of appreciate about doing phone reference or what we call T-Ref here. Um, <laughs> we tend to split that up into two-hour shifts during the day because it can get pretty intense sometimes how busy – and we get – call after call and then you know we'll hit a lull and kind of be able to catch our breath but it forces you to really intently listen Mm -hmm. to what not only what a person is saying but some of the things that they aren't saying like you know if somebody sounds hesitant in asking their question then maybe you need to be a little gentler with how you probe with your sure. your questions and you definitely can't get that over email you don't get tone at all of right. course right. Um, i definitely find email both more challenging because of that you don't have that immediate feedback loop where i can say mm. oh so you know by sunflower cafe do you mean x or do you mean y yeah. you know it might be three or four days before it comes back and then you know, by then I've lost that that trail, that right. those breadcrumbs that were leading me to the right place. Mm. Yeah. Well, I have a question that kind of dates me. Um, mm. Do you all know how T-Ref was handled before the internet? I've heard tell of this. I have. <laughs> I I got to see the remnants of it because it it even when we uh, did have the internet and um, you know uh, librarians were using. Um, that as the uh, a good resource to help answer patron questions. Um, we Didn't had we this hard system. We had this room with a the giant table. circular table that yeah. had oh, it was right. just but, tons and tons yeah, yeah. of references. Yeah. And I, I think that it was Picard. 
Yeah, in the Picard meeting room, if mm-hmm. people know the Central Resource oh. Library conference rooms. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, you get a question, come in on the phone, and you would circle around this giant behemoth desk filled <laughs> with information and, you know, have it right at your fingertips. And yeah. I could just uh, imagine what a crazy world that would have been. Yeah. You know, no internet, just... Okay. Go find you, it by paper. Yeah, Have you yeah. guys heard of KU Info? KU Info, our old friend Meredith. KU Info. I worked there I've heard of it, in yeah, 1996 yeah. and 1997. I probably called you. I'm sure you did. <laughs> that was the most hardcore uh, research mm-hmm. job I have ever mm-hmm. had. Yeah. And it was amazing the way that we did it at the time. Like we had a computer terminal that had internet access, but remember that internet access Ooh. then meant like, FTP sites mm-hmm. and gopher sites mm-hmm. and like the World Wide Web was very new and yeah. there were a couple of like weirdos that had their own web page <laughs> that like I remember there was one that you could tap a button and translate the whole page into Swedish chef oh <laughs> but I digress but we had this big Rolodex like this huge set of Rolodex that yeah. was about the yeah. size of like a dining table mm-hmm. that wow. had nearly every answer that you could think of related to KU and KU history and Mm. processes and things like that, Mm -hmm. but also like all of the random things that we would get asked really frequently, surprisingly frequently. What one best picture in 1975? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I remember, you know, we all had sections of it and Mm -hmm. sections of the corresponding file cabinets that were full of just like clippings and things like that. That's cool. We all had responsibility over some topic area in it, and Mm -hmm. that's how it was arranged was alphabetically in topic area so that everything was kept up to date. But it was a constant effort. Mm. And I can only imagine how different that job is. And, you know, basically that's what we're doing when we're doing reference work Mm -hmm. is digging through everything that we can find to find the answer. Mm -hmm. And so as technology has improved and sped up, Mm -hmm. we've been able to shrink what we need to find those answers yeah but we we do keep track of questions that we get really frequently and um, things that are common questions mm-hmm. that I'm people ask what those are yeah mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about the unique <laughs> ones let's talk about the ones that we hear all the time Scott what's one of the questions that you hear most often uh, oh um, how do I reserve a room online get that one a lot um, am I talking to the right person to renew my books? Mm-hmm. Get that one a lot. Well, we also get questions pretty frequently about famous people who've died. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, can you tell me the uh, if any famous people died yesterday? Things like that. Really? Crossword puzzles and crossword puzzle answers. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pretty frequently, yeah. So those come up pretty Mm -hmm. much every day. Yeah, I mean, for some folks, and I think we talked about this previously, um, you know, I tend to think that internet access is pretty ubiquitous, but it's probably not, Mm -hmm. and that's um, certainly a, a signal of my privilege, you know, being able to be here as often as I am, but, you know, it's... You know, whether somebody has a device and doesn't have internet access, you know, for them, we are the ones who sort of provide that access. Indeed. We're the, we're like the gateway to the internet for them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
and not everything's on the internet. That's a really we good must, point, Brian. Must, Thanks for saying that. <laughs> Amen. Not, every, Amen. not every question that we get is a matter of doing a Google search. That's a really good point. Um, just uh, as an example, a lot of our regional reference materials are not digitized. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for the history of, of Leewood or Lamexa, mm a lot of those, a lot of that information is not findable online. And if you're doing research, if you're a say a real estate agent and you're doing research on a particular community, mm -hmm. uh, you can't just Google that. Mm -hmm. You could try, and you might get something. But one of the real treasures of our collection is the fact that we have collected Johnson County demographic information, mm -hmm. regional, other kinds of uh, information that's unique and specific to Johnson County. So, And we know that it's reliable and accurate. Yes. That's one of the other drawbacks to just throwing anything out to Google yeah. is that you've really got to know how to curate good information from bad. And not only are we trained to find that info, but we're trained to like evaluate it in a flash mm -hmm. and be able to determine how we need to how we need to balance it or how we need to keep looking or tailor our searches so that we find good accurate reliable inf information instead of just info info yeah mm -hmm. what's the tool that you use most often in answering reference questions scott um and it can be like a database or uh, it can be a collection mm. I guess I use the Reference USA database mm -hmm. a lot. I was just it, thinking about Reference USA. Yeah, I mean, that is the one resource where, when I introduce that to to people who may not be aware of its existence, right, right, that it tends to blow their minds. They're like, oh, describe that. What? Yeah. yeah, tell us a little What's bit about it. What's involved with that? Well, Reference USA is a database. It's multifaceted, but one of the best things that it can be used for is, say, you are studying a new business mm -hmm. and you want information about who in a certain zip code or a collection of zip codes is also doing involved in that business mm -hmm. or doing something similar you want you're starting a pizza establishment mm -hmm. and you want a list of all of the pizza establishments in a certain zip code that's just one example you can pull that up on reference USA uh, and there are a multiple there are multiple ways that you can refine that search and tailor it to exactly what you need. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very helpful for businesses, um, uh, for small businesses, that kind of thing. Uh, Reference USA can also be used as a, a white pages resource, and we do that as well. So somebody's looking up, somebody wants a phone number be challenging because cell phone numbers aren't included in that database. Um, but if, if it's a landline and it's findable, Reference USA is, is a good resource for that. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah I, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you bring that up because I think the types of informational searches that people might try to conduct through 
Google or, or whatever on the internet, um, those results are often pay results. You know, yes. you mm. might find a dead end because oh, yeah, I can get addresses, I can mm-hmm. get phone numbers, I can mm-hmm. get some you know demographic information about a potential client, but yeah. they want to be paid. And mm-hmm. I should yeah. say, and connect too. to that legal forms as well. Oh, so yeah. one mm-hmm. of the big traps that the internet has is. If you're looking for a particular legal form, you're gonna if you if you do a search, you're gonna get a whole bunch of paid sites that start out looking like, oh, I can get this form for free, and you'll enter all of your information, and then they want to charge you to to save that document or to print it. Uh, there are all sorts of websites like that. Oh, and who that knows who you just, right? <laughs> yeah. Who knows who you just gave your info to? And who it's knows, total, right? Total sneak attack. Yeah. But so, when you when yeah. you access those same things through the library, and we can yep. lead you to that, whether it's face to face or on the phone or whatever. When we lead you to that, you can trust that it's not something that's going to demand cash from you, right. and your info's not going to some crazy unknown. Yeah. Place where mm-hmm. it's going to be. Well, what if we used? start charging by the question? We could all be rich. <laughs> we would never sure. do that. Uh. Our mission is to serve the public and ensure that they have access to good, solid information, Dave. Yeah, not get rich. Not, e- not <laughs> get rich. Yeah. Definitely not get rich. Mm. <laughs> but we can get rich in our minds. We can. We can enrich. <laughs> And we can enrich other people's you lives. Who couldn't hear Dave roll his eyes at me? <laughs> <laughs> because whether it be a recipe for cookies, uh-huh. or mm-hmm. um, who died in 1967, mm-hmm. or how many pizza places are there on Quivira in Shawnee, we can find you the answer, right, guys? Cookies. We can do it. Yeah. Cookies. cookies. Yeah. I think that we're going to need to wrap this up and go get some cookies now. Yeah. Well, Scott, Brian, Dave, yeah. this has been a great conversation. Been a hoot. Thanks for coming Thank in today, you. guys. Thanks for having us. And thanks for listening. And thanks for asking. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> Did we miss a question you wish we would have asked? Do you have thoughts or stories about today's topic? Share them with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash jocolibrary. And now, our writer's quote of the day. Hi, this is Nate Gerard. I'm a youth services librarian at the Monticello branch. My quote is from Neil Gaiman in uh, Sandman, and it is, sometimes you wake up, sometimes the fall kills you, and sometimes when you fall, you fly. Thank you. We leave you with sounds from one of our locations. It's your audio minute. We call... Library Zen. For more episodes of Did You Hear, go to the Johnson County Library website, jocolibrary.org slash didyouhear.